Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now kids, cause here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western, Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. And joining me today is Travis Bowe from our podcast, the Marvel Events Timeline Podcast. Howdy, Travis. Hello there. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining Absolutely. us here and on Silverado Minute. Absolutely. We're talking about Minute 19 of Silverado Minute. Minute 19 starts off with a patron walking into a saloon, and it ends with the patron wanting a drink. So um, uh, that's it. There's really nothing else that happens, right, Travis? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Just, uh, you know, the things that go on in a, in a saloon, things that you expect, customers requesting drinks. Yeah. Seems quite reasonable. Yeah, I don't think there was anything wrong with it, although I do feel that some of the patrons and maybe even the the, the owner may have uh, other opinions that I guess it's, it's something we should talk about. I uh, think so, yeah. So, right as this minute kicks off, we can see Kevin Klein, Payton, and it's something I never really noticed until I sat there and watched it before. Is he's just he's in the doorway of yeah. of this saloon slash hotel, looking just watching the town, drinking his coffee. I feel like he's watching the the wagon train go by. Is he maybe hoping to get another glimpse of Hannah? Oh, or I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think he was smitten with her. Oh yeah. But that's a good point. We do see the wagon train kind of taken off in the background. You see a couple of the, the wagons go by in the window. As the last one rolls past, that's when he returns to the table to join uh, Emmett. He's either seen Hannah or that ship has sailed now. Yeah. <laughs> but before he does that and walks, uh, somebody we meet for the first time, and that would be Mal in the form of Danny Glover. Yeah. And so this is his introduction to the movie. One thing I like about this movie and just Westerns in general is how authentic they feel. Like, I think it comes down to like the costuming that it just feels, I mean, obviously I'm assuming that they got the details fairly accurate. This, this lived in world, it just feels, you know, right, I guess. So in, in, Danny Glover looks great as this character. You know, I think the only weird kind of standout, and I think it's on purpose, is is Jeff Goldblum's character later, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. He's literally named Slick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's character, which, you know, obviously we don't see for a while, he is a little bit, I mean, obviously he's supposed to be a gambler, and he's going to be a little more yeah. flamboyant. Like, I was watching... Uh, another Western that had a brief scene with Danny Glover the other day, and that was in the form of Maverick. Oh, Mel yeah. Gibson. <laughs> and he has a little cameo in that where they reunite uh, Riggs and Murtaugh yeah. for a few minutes, <laughs> which was fun. They have that, that nice, like, it, wait, are you? Wait. Nah. nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. And then, of course, I'm getting too old for this. 
um, yeah. you know, thrown in there. But um, <laughs> Can I share a, a note that I had before I even hit play on this minute? Just when the minute is just paused, right right before I hit play, this potbelly stove, it's on the left side of the screen, the vent door, or the door, it's called the feed door, that's where you would throw the, you know, your logs or coal or whatever, but it has a vent on it that has the symbol that looks like the symbol for like the radiation kind of symbol, just because it's one of those, like, it's the same kind of vent that you'd find on the top of, like, a Weber grill. You just kind of rotate it, like, half a turn, and it, and then the the vent is either open or closed. Uh, but it just so happens to look like a the radiation kind of symbol. Yeah, I thought this was, like, the video game Fallout for a few minutes there. but Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you brought it to my attention, because I didn't even pay attention to it, and as soon as you mentioned it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks yeah. like. And I found that those little potbelly... Uh, you know, stoves, little burner, wood burner stoves, you can still buy. They're still cast iron. You can buy them at like Lowe's or, or Tractor Supply Company for around 600 bucks because, you know, people are still, you know, living off the grid or, or putting these things in cabins or not all over the country, but like people that have uh, ice fishing, you know, little cabins, they have this these kinds of things in there. So you can still buy these things. They're, they look almost identical to these. Danny Glover comes in and he, like you said, authentic. He just, he's got his saddlebags. He, he looks the part. He comes in, he kind of ignores everybody, goes right up to the, the hotel part of the desk. He passes by the bar, puts his stuff out there. You could tell he's probably ready for a room and he, he mm-hmm. dings the bell. Nobody's there, so he yeah. dings the bell. <laughs> I was wondering about that because I, I, at first I, I wasn't sure why he goes to the, the back of the the place here and why he rings a bell when there's no one really around because he, he waits for a second looks around and then he goes to the bar to to get the drink and finally like when he says he wants a room and a drink it's like okay so he was probably going to the back to get you know lodging i did look at the script and it does uh, specify that he goes to this back counter it's the registration kind of desk, I guess. So yeah, so it's like you got the bar up front. You know, like I said, yeah. it says saloon. It's a saloon slash hotel. And yeah, I I reviewed this the screenplay as well or script or whatever. And pretty much for this minute, what we see on the page is what we get on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know there's going to be some differences as the movie goes. There may have been some differences even before <laughs> these minutes, but. Well, next minute has some some changes. Slight, yeah, a slight not major alteration. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, something I definitely wanted to highlight when we get to it. But um, for now, I always assumed that this is the morning, and that they're having breakfast. Right. But if you look at Scott Glenn uh, Emmett's plate, he's got a chicken leg on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always take this as breakfast too, because there seems to be a biscuit on one of the the plates. But yeah, maybe it's not. I mean, although back then, I think you eat what is cooked. I think you, you eat chicken <laughs> legs for breakfast. You know, I think it really doesn't matter what meal it is. You know, you you eat what is available. Yeah, that's true. Because they they're also drinking coffee. Not that that's, you know, only a breakfast drink, but. Okay, but so that's funny too. Like, obviously, as a man who drinks coffee literally 24-7 myself, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I, I could have coffee at any time. Yeah, I mean, I go to Chick-fil-A for breakfast 
And, uh, you know, I'm having a chicken and biscuit. So it's just not a chicken leg. <laughs> yeah. I never even think, thought twice about the fact that it could be like nine o'clock in the morning. And here's Mal getting a, a shot of whiskey. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's been 10 days. You know, it's been a while. Yeah, since yeah. <laughs> so he rings the bell. Nobody comes. But he doesn't. It's not like he's sitting there waiting, like oh, checking his watch. No, and yeah. He goes over to the, the to the saloon, and there's the barmaid there, and she's behind the behind the bar. And of course, she politely asks, "What does he want?" <laughs> <laughs> and if you can sense my oh, yeah. sarcasm there, <laughs> I like the the script even calls it calls it out cold. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> she's cold, all right. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's very personal. He doesn't let it get to him, and he and he's like, "Well, I haven't." had a sip of whiskey or slept in a bed in 10 days he's clearly here for a drink and a bed yep and she takes his money and she puts it in the register but out walks um out walks i assume the owner and i i guess it's uh sangs sang yeah i i that's what it looks like to me the yeah the script calls him out as being the proprietor and I think later they do mention this guy's name, but not okay. on a minute that we're covering, so I forget his name offhand. Uh, jumping ahead just a little bit, it uh, looks like he gets called Carter. Carter, okay, that's right. So I don't know if it's Carter Sang, or maybe his last name is Carter, and Sang's yeah. is just the name that came with the previous <laughs> owner, you know, I don't know. Clearly he is... Uh, not interested in having uh, Danny Glover Mal as his patron. Not at all. Before we get into all of that, I mean, because there's really not a lot of dialogue in this particular minute. No. Because most of it is silent and walking in. But if you notice, it's not till he rings the bell that there's three guys, a little rough looking, sitting, having their own meal at a table, you know, next to Emmett and Payton. They start taking notice of the fact that, let's call it out, a black man walks into this establishment. Right. It's interesting that when he walks in, no one seems to notice or care. But when he rings the bell, it's it's kind of when the mood changes. The, these three guys, they definitely notice. And it, maybe it's because, I don't know, like, is it it's okay for him to be here? But now that he wants to be a customer, like that changes things it feels like i would expect their mood and and disposition to change the second that he walks in yeah they really don't even pay him any attention when he he walks by i i almost imagine it's like and and of course we'll get into it i think with you know with what he gets called i think it's the fact it's like the nerve of this man ringing the bell like who the hell does he think he is if he's there for a drink maybe I mean, the West, you know, moving out West, that was that was something that freed slaves, African-Americans, they could go out and make yeah. make make it for them, you know, make a life for themselves away from a lot of the crap. Definitely going to be some problems, definitely going to be some racism, probably a lot of it. But yeah. at the same time, they were much more integrated out West than they were going to have been back East or definitely in sure. the South. Right. That's why people, you know, of all types moved out west it was a fresh yeah. start but you know as we see you're going to get a couple people that don't give two craps about the fact that he's a black man and then you're going to get about five people that do right yeah i i really do think it's that it's that who does he think he is uh ringing mm. the bell like that 
and he doesn't actually think he's going to get a room, does he? Right. Yeah, that's right. that's where I think it changed. Uh, and, and, of course, he gets, you know, coldly received by the barmaid, but it's really when the, the owner walks out yeah. that it's things kind of take a turn for the worse uh, with some of the language he, he chooses. He calls him a time-appropriate racial epithet, basically. I don't know if appropriate's the right word. For the movie, I think it's period appropriate. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to okay. say. Like, era appropriate. Like, it's never <laughs> okay. appropriate to call anybody a racial anything. Right. But no, I think Lawrence Kasdan did his homework. He knew what someone might have been called yeah. at this point. I watched the minute. I, I looked at the script. I, I didn't know that that was a racial slur, so I looked it up and... Yeah, I mean, it seems it seems that it's based in, um, it, it, that was a word that was used for, the Wikipedia says uh, to describe a certain type of African American man. Um, in particular, the uh, caricature was used to describe black men who absolutely refused to bend to the law of white authority, and were seen as irredeemably violent, rude, and lecherous. Yeah. I went to definitions.net, and okay. it, it, it basically gave that exact same definition. Uh, because I, I knew that this was a bad word. I mean, you can tell within context of yeah. the way uh, Carter acts and, and the vitriol that he has in yeah. his voice that this is not a nice thing. Right. But I didn't know how um, era accurate, I won't say appropriate, era accurate it is. Because it's literally a post-Reconstruction era term. Yeah. And it and it, it basically said, too, the fact that they're usually big African-American men. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I always forget how big Danny Glover is. <laughs> like, he is a big guy. Because, you know, like, when he's when you're watching um, Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson's actually not that big of a guy. Sure. So, or, you know, yeah, so, Mel, you know, Mel Gibson's, or uh, Danny Glover's taller than Mel Gibson. It's not yeah. that big a deal. But there's a man in the background, Dick Durock, I think his name uh-huh. is. He's yeah. a big dude. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're about the same height. <laughs> right. So I was um I'm like I always forget like he's yeah. so he is a pretty big dude himself. Like he's sizable, you know. <laughs> Spo- spoilers for minutes to come. Uh I, I do a section of minutes uh for for this movie, you know, many weeks from now. And the script even then calls like it describes the character of Mal as being this this hulking you know man, and I think like I don't I don't know if they had Danny Glover in mind when this was being written. When I read the script, I think they're they were picturing someone like a Michael Clark Duncan, you know, like mm. just a, a like a literal hulk of a man. And yeah, Danny Glover's a big dude, but I've never, I don't see him that way. You know, I don't think of him as being a big guy, big muscly, you know, man. In this era, I think you could have gotten Carl Weathers, you know, that, that type of muscly guy. Yeah. You know, when you say that, I think a Michael Clark Duncan would be more appropriate because he's not really cut. Like Carl Weathers is like too buff. Like sure. he's too, like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I feel like. People weren't that ripped back then. They were muscular. <laughs> right. They were strong. That's why I yeah. think actually Danny Glover is perfect because he is mm-hmm. tall. He's yeah. big, 
um, you know, like I, I had an uncle who was like six seven. He was not mu- he was oh, wow. not muscular. Yeah. Uh, do not let him get your hands on you. <laughs> I actually met Richard Kyle Jaws from oh yeah from James Bond. The man was sitting with a cane. He was barely could move. I took a yeah. picture with him. He put my my head in his hands, <laughs> and I thought he was going to murder me. Like, he yeah. was so stinking strong. He was a feeble old man that was, like, barely could stand. And he's just, he was so big, though, that he could have popped my head like a grape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, Danny Glover's not, like, huge, huge. But, yeah. like I said, Dick Durock's a big man. And uh, yeah. he uh, and he's he, he's easily as big as him. So actually, I wanted to bring up Dick Durock while we're there. Yeah. He is the man who, as Dan, um, Danny Glover, Mal passes by him. He looks over his shoulder at him. He's one of the cowboys at the at the table. And are you familiar with him at all? You, you, that name I should, am. I was going to say that name's got to sound familiar based on some of your uh, other podcast uh, experiences with him. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's the man inside the Swamp Thing suit for both. Swamp Thing movies and I believe all 72 episodes of the TV series. Yeah, he was listed on the series. I used to watch that series. I watched those movies all the time. Loved them. I knew the name was familiar. I didn't realize that was him. Mm. I I most know him from, so he had a he had a strong run of movies that I know him from around this time. It's like a murderer's row, if you will. So it starts off with any which way you can. He played a Marine that whipped every Marine in the second division. But he had a pit fight in the beginning of that movie with Clint Eastwood. And, of course, Clint Eastwood said, well, I ain't a Marine. <laughs> and you can guess who won. <laughs> uh, so I love that. absolutely love that movie. That was in 80. And in 81, he was, he was another version of The Incredible Hulk on The Incredible okay. Hulk TV series. There was another man who created a... Who turned himself into a Hulk, and he and I always described him oh, as nice. the ugly Hulk with crazy hair, huh. and that was Dick Durock. So kind of like a the Abomination, as as close to the Abomination as the TV show was probably ever going to get. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it was so cool. I I loved it as a kid. I always it was always my favorite episode. Always was hoping it was going to be on, yeah. um, because it was like yeah, here's another Hulk. <laughs> That's cool. And then he was in History of the World Part One, is just a, one of the Roman guards, and I but I, I definitely remember <laughs> seeing him. And then he did Swamp Thing. Yeah, he's mostly a TV guy though. Oh yeah, um, Airwolf, Knight Rider, the A Team, Hulk, like you said, Magnum PI. Like he did like all the you know uh, the Fall Guy. And, yeah. Anything like that. So. And what I found funny about all these shows, like Knight Rider and all that, he was in multiple episodes of them, always as a different character. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they just they just kept having him back. He's just one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Hey, they need a big guy that can come in and do some stuff. I saw his his first credit was a an episode of Star Trek from uh, 1968. Yeah. So. Uh, Elion of Troyes. Yeah. Uh, that one. He was also on Stand By Me. He was one of the pie-eating con- contestants. Okay. So when Lardass gets up, he's the guy to yeah. the right. Okay. I saw that credit, but I, it's been so long since I've seen that movie, so I couldn't recall who he was in in, in it. Same. I, I, I had to look it up, though. It was driving me nuts. I'm like, is he one of the parents? <laughs> like, I don't remember him. Yeah. Like, and that, yeah, he's just there for a couple minutes of the movie. The one credit of his that really 
uh, I guess, surprised me was in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance in 1995, and it just says Man in Subway. So it's <laughs> like, I, I doubt he this. You know, I think he was probably just there, you know, yeah. <laughs> and happened to be like, hey, I used to be an actor. Like, you know, get me in there. I don't it, know. it even says uncredited, too. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So someone must have spotted him and said, hey, that's character actor Dick Turok. He's the swamp thing. I like the simplicity of this uh, minute because it's, it's really three shots. The, the first half of it is the camera is in the back by the that registration desk and it's camera's nailed down. You know, it's not moving. And then... As he moves up to to the bar, there's a kind of a close up on Emmett and uh, and Payton, and they kind of share a look of of Payton's look is kind of well, here comes trouble, and Emmett's look is like he's observant but he's unconcerned. Scott Glenn's cool in this. Um, yeah, he's aware of what's going on. But Peyton's more aware that trouble's about to happen. Uh-huh. Or like you said, yeah. concern. He's concerned. Yeah. Uh, he's reading the room. Because uh, honestly, like, the the barmaid, that's, that's what she's listed as, she's definitely not happy that he's there. Right. Uh, did you happen to see who the barmaid was? Yeah. Uh, Meg Kasdan, the the wife of, of writer Lawrence Kasdan. And she's a seems to be a, a producer in her own, you know, right? So... Yeah, she's been in a few of his movies for sure. Okay, I, I thought that might have been the case based on the the credits that I yeah. I saw she was connected with. Yep, uh, some of his kids are in this movie as well. Yeah, so it's a family affair, and his brother yeah, his brother yeah. co wrote it with him. So yeah, like everybody's. Ah. <laughs> and then later, uh, he, he he gets his son to help co write uh, Star Wars with him. So yeah. the Force Awakens. So it's uh, nepotism at its best. <laughs> But she plays the part well, you know. Sure, I, I yeah. can I can hear the vitriol in her in her voice. So yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I noticed uh, right before the minute ends, after you know the the owner comes out and asks what Mal's doing there, he looks at her, and yeah. she's like, eh. You know, yeah. she's like, eh, What am I gonna do? I mean, she's right. like five foot nothing. Clearly, her her rudeness did not make him go away. So she's like, eh, What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> I tried being rude, and that didn't work. Right, so, right. I'm all out of ideas. There's another guy here, and I, I I caught who he was. He was um he's he's eyeing uh, Mal quite a bit, mm. and his name is uh, Gene Hartline. And if you just look, he's been he's a stunt man. Yeah, so okay. you, you know, and, and that makes sense here in a <laughs> in a in a minute. Oh sure, but he's been yeah. in a ton. I'll just I mean he's been in so much stuff, but his four movies that he's known for on IMDb are. Fast and the Furious, Iron Man, Logan, and Transformers Dark of the Moon, and it says stunts for all of them. And then, huh. I mean, you name a popular movie for the last 20 years or more, and he's probably been in it. Interesting. Yeah. As as a stuntman. Yeah, yeah. He was in uh, one of my mo- favorite movies is The Deadpool with uh, Dirty Harry. He's, again, uh, sure. stuntman just all over. I mean, but that's that's about it for him. I don't even I don't even think they gave him a, a name. He's just bar fighter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, spoiler. <laughs> I mean, right now he's just bar eater. Do you have anything else about this particular minute you want to cover? No, I think I'm uh, pretty well covered on all my notes. Well, what do you say before we go and have a drink ourselves, Travis? Because I could use a sip of whiskey and a bed. Yeah, give me the whole bottle. Right. <laughs> 
do you want to tell everybody where they can find us? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Brian and I do a podcast called Marvel Events Timeline. And this came out of us just recommending comic book storylines to each other. And we essentially started our own book club and and decided like, hey, this this would work really well as a podcast, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of Marvel and, and then going even further back to the beginning of Timely Comics and where Namor the Submariner and uh, the Human Torch first meet up and we consider that the first event in the history of, of Marvel Comics or what would later become Marvel Comics. So that's where we started and, and we're working our way towards the present and we're going to cover historical events, uh, comic book events, the the people behind the stories, the creators, the writers, the artists, and and uh, yeah, just kind of take our time and go through that uh, comic book universe one event at a time. And you can find uh, Marvel Events Timeline. Uh, we're we're all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, just search Marvel Events Timeline, and, and you'll find us. Yeah, so that's where Travis and I can be found. But if you want to find the other host for Silverado Minute Podcast, of course, uh, Silverado Minute Podcast is found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. Since Travis and I are having a drink anyways now, why don't you meet, uh, meet us at the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listeners Saloon on Facebook. And of course, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at Silverado MXM. Come back and join us for a drink next time on Silverado Minute Podcast. Yeehaw!